Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will be continuing our discussion of Are You Prepared? The Masonic Last Request by Worshipful Brother Joseph Cody. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, uh, well, first of all, I'm back. Um, we're here to discuss the this, uh, previous episode's discussion with Worshipful Brother Nathan Davis on the uh, Masonic Rest Last Request by Worshipful Brother Joseph Cody. Uh, I'm Matt Apple, and I'm the, the prodigal son of podcast hosts here who has finally returned. And I'm down here in the, the great state of Washington, along with a uh, very worshipful brother, David Colbeth. And we also have from uh, the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon, Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung and Worshipful Brother Jared Dunham. And it's good to see you guys all again. And I uh, very much appreciate I had to take some time to, to deal with some a variety of family issues. And I appreciate you guys keeping up the slack. And that said, I sort of am going to punt to you. To, uh, tonight we're short our net. That's all right. We got a little bit of... <laughs> Steve, Steve's trying to keep up, catch up on past shows there, apparently. I'm glad to know that's, that's why our ratings are so good. We all let the shows play in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to know nothing has changed since I left. Um, no, no and, uh, it's great to see you back, Matt, by the way. Yeah. And glad everything's working out. So, yeah, welcome back. And we really didn't cover for you. We just didn't do any of the things that you do while you were gone. <laughs> so, those jobs are still, you know, piling up for you, you know. That means you realize how useless I truly am. So yeah, yeah. Don't go. Don't watch any of the shows. The where Matt. <laughs> and, and I actually wasn't trying to watch a show. I, I had already watched it. What I was bringing up the message that is written in our um, in, in the post um, on the YouTube page, uh, and so because uh, it just it's right there. It's easy, and <clears throat> you know why not. Um, it's convenient. I think it, it was it was a great show. It's too bad that you guys weren't able to be there for it. Um, we had a, a pretty good conversation. Totally enjoyed it. Um, he uh, he was you know, three or four hours ahead of us, right? So it was a late night for him. <clears throat> but he said he'd come back anytime, so we'd be uh, able to get him back on and ask him some more further, deeper questions, if if you will. You know what I mean? I think it'd be great to get him back and talk with him about who he is and then ask him a little bit more about the message. I think if we're some, you know, we're, we're obviously going to talk about what our feelings are and our thoughts are. It would, I, I apologize. I wasn't able to make that meeting. And but in our chats, we've felt like this is this particular message and the way Nathan delivered it for sure. And the conversation you had and he delivered was something of value that we should be talking about as Masons and, uh, so, I, well, I know, go ahead. You know, one. You know, it was interesting because you know it, it was uh, he was really trying to uh, share a message from a brother who was getting ready to pass and wanted to share a message with um, the world, really, uh, and as far as far and wide as he could spread it, right? Um, which 
the message was good and, and consistent. Um, but I think um, one of the things that we touched on in the green room there was um, how it's more really uh, interesting about the story of how that came to be that was really touching, if you will, right? You know, had more meaning and depth to it than just the message itself, right? The, <clears throat> the brother who uh, did that, Nathan Davis, he was raised in 2016. In 2019, he's worshipful master uh, of his lodge, um, just pre-pandemic, and then everything kind of goes haywire. And um, it's and he ends up meeting a past master uh, of the lodge through how you know making contacts uh, with the membership. And who who'd have thought that the um, that that one call that would have such an impact on somebody's life, but he did, and he and he, and he had this bond uh, with the fellow and. He asked him to, you know, help him write this message and convey this message to people. And, and uh, this brother did that and honored every other message or other, pardon me, every other request of, the, of this elderly brother as well. You know, he asked that he be visited on a regular basis, that he set up a certain things. And, and he did that. He did everything the guy asked of him, um, which was pretty cool. And, uh, and then he was on our show to... Um, to convey this, this message again. And, you know, it's, it's really a, a consistent message as, as brother Dunham had noted. Uh, it's a really consistent, good message for everybody to, to receive. Um, so I'm, I'm glad we were able to be part of that. Well, I really liked right from the beginning. There's so many layers in the conversation that you had with him, not just the message from worship brother, Joseph, but also in Nathan's discovery of the process and becoming an officer and going through the process, like you're talking about having to, you know, first of all, being a really new Mason, we were kind of talking to the Greener about that. We have some, we have some questions about that. We'll be curious to hear what Nathan, what, what's happening with the lodge. We were just, we just came off a series talking about membership and retention and engagement. And now we've got this guy that's barely three years, two years to three years as a Mason, and he's going to become worshipful master. So there's some questions that will hopefully get answered from Nathan about that. But what struck me was he took the initiative to make the calls, whether somebody gave him that advice or he just did it on his own. We don't, we don't know that yet, but he made the calls to the members of the lodge. And I remember him saying in the notes that, well, He's got worship brother after his name. He must he must know what he's doing, and so he called him up, and Joseph brother Joseph answered, and he asked him, and he heeded the call. That was what I got out of that piece of it was that as a brother, worship brother Joseph said, "Yes, this is my master," making the call, pulling on my cable toe, and he had the opportunity. He had enough slack in his cable toe that he could take the opportunity to be to come back and be part of the lodge. And so again, I'd be curious to know if Nathan knows anything about that history. Why did brother Cody depart from the lodge? Was it just happened? I mean, sometimes people, we drift away from lodge or was it something that uh, maybe happened and now he's heeding the call because, Hey, there's this new guy and he's willing to 
revive the lodge and get things going again or what's, you know, what's happening there. So I'd be curious to hear about that. But again, it was, it struck me that here's an example of, I mean, the story revolves around worship brother Cody, but, but here's an example of a Mason past master who knows how long ago it was past master. And the new guy calls him up and says, Hey, would you come and be part of lodge? And he says, yes, he just does it. It's not, Oh, I'm too busy or got this going on. Who knows what is happening when worship brother Cody's life. It could be lots of stuff happening and, but he still heeds the call and comes back to the lodge. Yeah. I think the important, the one, the important thing, I shouldn't say the important thing. The main thing I took out of this episode was the fraternal bonds that develop in this case, quite quickly within members of a lodge that I don't see happening as often in normal, I shouldn't say normal, in society outside of lodge. I mean, how many of us have friends that we barely know that we would go this distance for some of these requests for, um, you know, it's just, it, it just, I'm just, I'm, I'm always blown away by the bonds that we form so quickly within lodge among members that we wouldn't normally not have any association with. Yeah. You know, like if it wasn't for all the time I spent visiting with you, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I would never have thought that, but you know, if you asked, I'd be there for you. I do those types of things. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's, uh, you're right. It, it does take a certain bond with the, 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 you know, really is not formed everywhere and with everyone either. Right. Um, so that's, a, that's something else entirely, but, you know. And not only bond, but the commitment to each other. Later in the show, he talks about how <clears throat> some guys are just lodge masons. They're masons while they're at the lodge and in the meeting and they're, they do what they're supposed to do, whatever. But as soon as they leave, you know, the, the, the closing charge in a lodge isn't meant to release you from your duties. <laughs> it's, meant, it's meant to bind you, essentially, or remind you that, hey, as you're leaving this lodge, as you're leaving this, this sacred retreat, as we call it in the United States, of friendship and brotherhood, that you take with you these tenets and things out into the outer world. And so he talks about how a lot of guys are just lodge masons and that he was talking with, was it the current grandmaster or one of, one of the, I don't remember who it was. Current grandmaster. Current grandmaster uh, was saying that he's a 3 a.m. Mason. And he, he kind of smirked saying, yeah, he knows what the answer was, but what do you mean 3 a.m.? He said, well, if you can call me at 3 a.m., I'll be there for you. And he replied, well, I use a 24 seven Mason and kind of shot back with the grandmaster. Right. And he'll be there for, for all the time. And so, yes, that's something to say about who we are as Masons that we'll be there for you. But you know, Jared was commenting in the green room about that. Well, part of my the umbrage that I took with that was the fact that Freemasonry isn't all about service. And so I always get upset. Like there are like when we, we talk about the Lodge Masons, we don't know that they don't do anything outside of Lodge. Like in in our in Stevens and my the work that Stephen and I do, um, education is actually forefront over service. That you know we are. It says right in the opening. The first one of the first things the master says to a new candidate is that it's the Freemasonry exists to make us wiser, better, and consequently happier. Um, so I always find that you have to be careful when you're saying to someone, they're not practicing Freemasonry outside of the lodge. 
when if you're studying something, reading, like you don't, service isn't the only thing that we do. And we need to be careful not to put too fine a point on the fact that we're the people that do that. Although it's the most obvious thing that we do, it's not the only thing that we do. Yeah, good, well said, well said. There's a lot of truth to that. So That's that was, for sure. That was my only, that was my only thing with the 24 seven is that I consider myself a 24 seven Mason, but not because I'm, I'm constantly, I, you know, I mean, someone calls me at three in the morning, I may be a little bit grumpy about them calling me and I will help them. <laughs> but there are other things that I do with my time that don't necessarily involve being of service to someone else. Right. Which mean, you know, which totally, I get that. And that's why I, I never really considered myself a 24-7 Mason because I have lots of other things on the go, right? Though my wife would consider me a 24-7 Mason because that's all she sees is, you know, me going off to lodge, right? Buying, sh buying shirts. And yeah, buying shirts. And, and uh, man, I got so many different Masonic shirts, you know, I, I, they're all logoed. Yeah, and, and yet I need another one. So, you know, hey, anybody sees another good design, put it in front of me, okay? <laughs> well, and most special Jim, we had him on the show recently, and I think it was in the green room. He was talking about how, and he, he's told me this separately that what we do here, not to pat ourselves on the back and not to whatever, but to, what, the idea of what we do here is essentially like a 24 hour Mason idea. It's not that we're trying to promote ourselves or be better, whatever. It's just we have too much to say sometimes and, <laughs> and want to tell everybody about it. But I think, I think by bringing on the guests, I think that fills a unique role in that we have, we try to provide an avenue for these folks to deliver their message and talk about them and not so much us. We, we were just talking the other day, uh, one of the last shows, we said, you know, we've never done a show about ourselves. And it's, that's the whole idea. I mean, it's to some extent, it's not about ourselves. I mean, I, I like Steve's idea. I think it was Steve mentioned that. And I like the idea of at some point we probably should do a self-interview of each each of us uh, I, I think that but it's it's not about us it's about getting the message of masonry out and about uh and and so if i would say if someone mason has an, a desire to get them to do something more do a podcast do get involved in your lodge be take over the education give some kind of little message do i was at a lodge recently and it was interesting to see several guys standing around joking and talking while two or three guys were scurrying around and doing all the work, getting ready for the degree. And I thought, I, I get, you know, people haven't seen each other, but come on, open your eyes and look around and start helping. And so there's opportunity to be of service and to be of knowledge and strength and support to your lodge and to your community and to other areas too, but even within your lodge. Right. And we are not a service-based organization. Right? Um, but uh, being of service to our brothers should be something that we all strive to do all the time. And so I think that that was, you know, part of his message um, in, in what he was doing um, was being, um, just being that brother who's helping this guy out, right? Um you know, there, there was nothing really in it for himself. Um, it was just a request that of an old past master that he had gained some respect for. Right. And so, um, 
you know, the message, you know, it's, it's uh, his continuous love of the craft made him the man that he is today. You know, that's, that's <clears throat> when you um, live a certain, choose a lifestyle, right? Um, it, it, that lifestyle does tend to define you. And um, I can't think of many better things to, to help define me than, than the finer points of masonry. Right. So uh, I think that's pretty, you know, it's something that um, I hope every Mason gets to say um, that they put they put in and they got out and, and it made them the, the band they are today. Right. You know. And I would say, too, at one point he talks about the just before he delivers the message in the video, he 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 talks about the request as you alluded to Steve, that where brother Joseph, worship brother Joseph asked him to come to the hospital. And he said, he jokes, said, kicked, he kicked his wife out of the room. I thought that was funny. And so, but, so, but he could, so it could be just him, just he and Nathan talking. And then he went through his specific requests of how, who, what he wants him to do and uh, how he wants him to carry his ashes and how he wants him to pray and give his last rites, basically in a, of the Jewish faith when he's, he's not, Brother Cody wasn't Jewish. He's Protestant, he said, but worship brother Nathan is mm -hmm. Jewish. And so he wanted him to do that and to, uh, to, to have all the guys come together, all the brothers come together from all his various organizations and toast him. And so it was a pretty extensive request. And so I, I, I was thinking about that. Gosh, are, are we ready as Masons or individual, whether you're Mason or not? if you happen to be listening to this and you're not a Mason as just a person, as a son, brother, father, uncle, cousin, grandpa, whatever Mason, are you ready? Are, are you, do you have your last will and last requests kind of laid out? Do people know what you want to have done? Now I was, it's not meant to be to have levity here, but you know, we won't be there. So it won't really matter. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's not for us. I was at a memorial today and, and it was reminded the person said, uh, you know, the person that had passed, they were talking before similar circumstance where they said, well, what do you want? And they said, well, it's not, you know, I'll be gone. It's not for me. And they, and the person that was talking to him said, yeah, you're right. It's for us. It's for us. It's not for you. It's for us. And so what do you want the people that hopefully memorialize your life? What would you want them to say or do or whatever? And, Maybe that's having a drink. Maybe that's having dancing. Maybe that's nothing. You know, who knows? And Masons, we have a pretty unique opportunity to have a specific funeral process. And you know, it's actually, it's interesting you say that with, with respect to it. You know, it's quite often um, perceived that, you know, the the impact you had on the world is, is, uh, uh, shown by the number of people that show up to your your funeral, right, and or your celebration of life, and it's like, hmm. And there's a lot of masons in the valley, so you know, when 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 a mason dies and lots of people show up, you know, it, it's perceived that you know that there's a well liked guy there, right? You know, and I think that um, in the Funerals or the services that I've gone to, it still speaks true. It's not just that that he was 
uh, part of a big organization, but most of the people there, like, I mean, the lineup of people to, that wished to speak at these things was incredible every single time. And of course you have to cut the line off somewhere or you'd be there all day. Right. Um, and so it's, it's kind of uh, cool the way we have our ceremony and, and uh, a Masonic ceremony and um, we don't get to spend a lot of time. We just drop our, our uh, sprig of vacation and, and um, have a thought and go. Right. Um, so it is, um, I don't know, when it comes to the services, man, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I wish that I could orchestrate my own service, right? And I guess he could, but I think it's so cool that when, um, when we ask for Masonic service, somebody puts it together, and everything's taken out of your hands. So you don't really get control of anything, right? But um, I don't know. I, I went off on a tangent there. I just, it, I, I, I've been to, unfortunately, too many Masonic funerals, and, and they're all very touching. And, and there's so many thoughts running around my head thinking about, you know, the messages that are always delivered at these things. Um, yeah, sorry, guys. No, that's all right. And, and I would yeah. agree. I, I, I reflect back to some past master, past grand master I was talking to that was describing a situation where it was, it was a little bit similar to Horse Brother Cody and that he knew he was terminal. And so he had gone, he was integral part of the Grand Lodge. He was on, I think he was on the trial committee and he was being a member of different committees and he was pretty intricate in the running of grand lodge functions and his lodge and other things. And so he actually took the time to not only figure out what he wanted for his memorial service. And of course his family, hopefully obviously was all taken care of, but then he moved on to the masonry stuff and he, this is what I want to have happen. This is who I'd like to have do it. If they're alive, <laughs> you know, hopefully you know, somebody else didn't happen, but here's a list of guys I'd like to have it done. I don't want anybody to read out of a book. They memorize it or they don't do it. And then you know, it went on from there. He had actually found a replacement for all of his positions as well and <laughs> train them up and taught them what was next. And so again, there, you could have multiple levels, multiple layers of preparedness in the idea of this process. Now, of course, if it goes, if you go quickly there, you can't control that, but it also can teach us that maybe along the way we should be planning for that. Cause you don't know. I used to joke and say, well, if I got hit by a bus, now I say, if I moved to Hawaii, uh, if, I, if I just decide to move to Hawaii tomorrow, what would happen? And you join Kona Lodge and, and gain. There a you go, because <laughs> they have a big feast at every at every meeting. <laughs> and so I was reflecting earlier this week that I had not done a very good job. Now we have a meeting, but I had not very, done a very good job of training the guy below me. I'm a senior deacon again, and so my junior deacon, I have not. I texted him, apologized, and said, "Hey, I'm sorry, I've not done a very good job." But here, over the next three months, here four months, let's really dig in and figure out to make sure you're ready for January, assuming we're back in lodge <laughs> still by January and things don't go the opposite direction, but uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get to be back in lodge in January. We we're yeah, we're still on hold. So yeah. Yeah. Well, The, the, the last thing I, I would hope I would like to talk about if, if we, we got a few more minutes here was uh, and it, this piece reminds me of, I think it was Jared was talking about how 
is it for us? I'm sorry. It's, it's not, it's the service to the people in terms of craft, but really I saw in Nathan brother Nathan that he was getting out of it as much or more than he was giving out if they're providing service. And he, one of the things he talked about was the morning he had, he had organized the morning fellowship while brother Cody was in the hospital and that he had guys all arranged to sound like kind of maybe an informal festive board kind of layout there in a U-shaped thing. And they'd wheeled Bush brother Cody around the corner and there was all the guys there waiting for him. And he wrapped the gavel and I was curious that what's the sign of sign of, I know you probably can't give it to me, but the sign of fidelity, that's an interesting, I, I haven't heard that before. So now I'm curious what that is. Maybe you can't, maybe we need to talk about it afterwards. Okay. Is it kind of like the demo a? Okay. <laughs> we'll cut that piece out. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's actually the only, we went, so at my lodge, we do an outdoor meeting every year. And because it's actually not possible for us to no longer find a place to meet that isn't, can't be seen by someone somewhere, yeah. right? Now we just give the sign of fidelity. Gotcha. And um, that's putting your hand over your heart, right? And that's, that's what we're allowed to do in public now. Gotcha. So it really struck me that that was, he, had, he put that together and then he, they had their event or their discussion or meal or whatever they were doing. And then later he said that worse brother Cody was taken aback. He just was overwhelmed that these guys would do that for him. And again, it reminded me first, of course, we need to do that for our own guys. We should be going and visiting some of these guys that are incapacitated. that can't come to lodge. We should go and take lodge to them. I think it was one of your, guys from Canada, even we've had, we've interviewed so many people now. I can't think of who it was exactly, but they had said they have taken lodge to the Mason at his house and done him like a yes. lodge at his house. Yes. And I thought, Oh, that's such a great idea. Even if you just had three guys, it just takes three guys to open lodge. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you just had three guys and brought it there and talk with him, what an amazing, and we will get, you would get as much or more out of that than that person receiving it. And so, yes, while it was meant for Worship Brother Cody, that event, really, Nathan, and I'll bet if you were to ask any of those guys that were there that day, I'll bet their hearts were full. I, I can't imagine they weren't. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. We should, meet, we should be keeping in touch with our, our uh, senior members more. You know, I, I make a pretty good effort to uh, keep in touch with the senior members that I, I know um and uh our there's a couple other past masters that do the same um we uh, we unfortunately don't have a lot of uh widows anymore to to uh look after and whatnot but uh, we do take uh, great pride in keeping in touch with our our senior members and uh, making sure they get out to the annual barbecues and things that they can. Uh, it's hard for them to uh, get out to evening events now, but you know, <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's a good point though. Very good point you made. You know, we didn't kind of skipped over it too, was that he alluded and brother Nathan alluded to that Worship Brother Cody, as soon as he accepted the call to be part of the team, he immediately referred to him as Worship Master. And he said that was the title. So he gave him the respect of the office. 
in the respect of the title. And I thought that was a really neat moment too. And I, it, it took, I don't know when it happened for me, but I noticed and have tried to make the commitment too, that as soon as a guy is installed and he takes his oath, he takes his obligation and he's seated in the chair and he's now the master, his name is now worshipful master <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a difference. And the same thing, like when you first become a Mason, you become Mr. And then they become brother and there's that yeah. title change and it, it's subtle, but it's a significant change and the respect for the office and respect for the organization is important too. Yeah. It's actually funny. My, my worshipful master, every time I see him, I make a point worshipful master. How may I serve you today? Right. When he phones, every time he calls worshipful master, I am trying to get as many worshipful masters in as possible. Right. Because he's the longest running worshipful master now for what, three years. Right. <laughs> and, uh, um, he doesn't, you know, he's not getting uh, greeted in lodge. He's not getting, so I make a point of, of, of that. And, you know, it's just my, like my district deputy grandmaster. District deputy grandmaster, how may I serve you today? Right, when, when I answer the, their call or meet them in person. And it's great when you go to, when you go to the worshipful master's place of business and you walk in the door and there's other people around. Worshipful master, how may I serve you? Right, it's just it's priceless, right? Uh, but <clears throat> um, giving him that recognition of that title while he's there, yeah, and um, I, I, I make a point of it. <laughs> well, it's it's something unfortunately that we don't get much outside of Lodge. I mean, I can I can remember when I when I joined Lodge because it was my father's Lodge. I knew a bunch of the members already, and they were always Mister whatever i was always raised that i called any anyone that was my parents age or older was mr and mrs something or other and the hardest thing for me was when i was raised and having to call them brother and it's <laughs> but it it does the it, it promotes the fellowship that we want but it's also so, like we, we don't very rarely do we go out and hear someone refer to you know i almost never have someone come up to me and say oh mr dunham you know or mm-hmm. any, you know so it's there is that it, it is a bit it is a sign of respect and it's a sign of um respect that we we don't see very much outside of lodge and i think that's another reason why people join like enjoy going to lodge is that we a, a mason knows that when they go into lodge and they're put into a position like worshipful master that nine times out of ten if they make a request the person they were making that request to will do their best to help them fulfill it without making the worshipful master feel like they have asked too much. And I actually, I, I felt, I, I mean, brother Nathan is way better person than I am because I listening to that, what hit the request that worship brother Cody made of him. I'm like, wow, you guys have a very, very special relationship that not only did worshipful brother Cody feel um, comfortable enough to make these requests. Uh, these are very personal requests of someone who he's known a very short time, but that worshipful brother Nathan was willing to fulfill these. I mean, that is that, that to me makes me proud to be a Mason to know that there are other Masons out there like that. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, it, but you know, it, it it goes to show that bond is there, and 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 you you never know who it's who it's you're going to connect to, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, like uh, brother Jerry Blyler, he doesn't come to lodge anymore, but I had s- built such a connection with him several years ago, right? Um, and by sitting at the festive boards and and just chatting with him. And, you know, he always uh, made a point of talking to me and finding out how I was doing. And, you know, not just, hey, how you doing? And you, and you carry on, shake your hand and carry on to the next conversation. You know, he made time to stay there and talk to you, right? And so we ended up forming these this connection. And, you know, I, I phone him probably two, three times a month uh, to check in on him because I know he doesn't come out and he can't. Um, you know, uh, so, you know, it's, he's a guy I would do that type of thing for in a heartbeat. Um, but the difference is it took time of, of, uh, uh, you know, a greater length of time for us to build that kind of bond that these two built in such a short period of time, you know, um, but, uh, one of the amazing things about masonry. Indeed it is. The, the, the bond between brothers is, it's a crazy thing. Sometimes it, it happens right away and sometimes it takes a while. And um, With that, uh, I'd like to thank you guys for, for continuing our conversation of, the, of our last episode uh, with Brother Joseph Cody's um, last requests. And on behalf of Very Worship Brother David and Worship Brothers Stephen and Jared and myself, I'd like to thank you all for listening and we look forward to talking to you again soon on the Working Tools Podcast.